0: Hey there, traders, looking to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes a day? Then you need to head on over to AIStockTradingSystem.com right now, where you can get our five-step system to take the guesswork out of trading in only 10 minutes per day. And the only place to get that is at AIStockTradingSystem.com. That's AIStockTradingSystem.com.
1: If I could encourage everybody who has money to invest something to do during this time, it would be to go out and learn as much as you can about options. Because the thing is holding stocks right now, which is what everybody does. There's going to get a danger level. Every, the higher it goes, there's going to be that point. I mean, we had the COVID crash last year, printed a bunch of money, boom, it came back. We've had the 2008, we've had these things we're getting to those levels obviously. And it's just a matter of when they yank the rug. But if you learn how to play options, not only can you play them both ways, but you can keep your risk very, very tight.
0: This is the How to Trade Stocks and Options Podcast, brought to you by 10MinuteStockTrader.com, where we cover finance, stocks, options, entrepreneurship, education, and money. And here's your host, voted one of the top 100 people in finance, Christopher Ewell. Outlier can show you how to track market fear and greed with artificial intelligence on over 1,300 of the largest market cap names. Visit outlier.com to learn more. That's O-V-T-L-Y-R dot They have a free pilot program for the rest of 2021, so you can get access to right now at O-V-T-L-Y-R dot That's O-V-T-L-Y-R dot Hey, make sure you subscribe and hit the bell so you'll be notified every time we give you more tools, tips, and tricks to help you trade faster and trade smarter every single week. Hey there, traders. Welcome back to today's How to Trade Stocks Options podcast. Today, we've got two of my very favorite guests back on the line. We've got Rance Mayshek and Chris Mercer from marketgear.com. And we're gonna be talking about what's going on out in the economy, how this is gonna affect your trading portfolio, and maybe give you some ideas on what you could do going forward so guys thanks for coming on glad to be here glad to be here so i mean there's a lot going on right now we've we've uh it feels like at least the stock market feels like we've recovered from covid everything's all better now but at the same time we've got commodity prices that are like Tripling, right? Yep. I heard that uh, a sheet of lumber now costs forty-two thousand um, dollars. <laughs> I, I don't know what's going on out there. So, so you tell me.
2: Yeah, you know, uh, uh, you know, California. I happen to be in California. We were talking a little bit ago about California, Texas, right? And uh, that you're in a uh, very tax-friendly um, state. Uh, there's those that argue that that California is tax-friendly if you like. In tax, that's a tax-friendly uh, state. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, uh, you know, out here, you, you talk about commodity prices, and you know, you, you mentioned lumber. I, I just read yesterday where you know B of A was talking about you know steel being you know triple what it was, and, and that. And uh, you know, here in the Bay Area, uh, th- there's still a lot of construction, a lot of things going on. Uh, part of this was you know we had a couple of wildfires and people were rebuilding, and so uh, you know there's a commodity shortage just from that. And then you had COVID hit. And so th- this is the thing about this. So, so there, there's some some concerns about inflation. And I, don't, you know, there's a couple things that are there when you talk about inflation. There's a couple things to consider on this, and then how it's going to play out. First of all, you know, the Fed's talked about raising rates a little bit, and the market slapped them pretty hard uh, when they did that. And they said, okay, okay, well we're going to hold off on that, right? So uh, where you know, I, I think that's you know my my personal viewpoint is that's the big boys driving policy, right? Let's over, you know, let's you know overdrive the market down and. Uh, on this announcement, so maybe they won't do it. Um, uh, that's my my my. That's my conspiracy theory version of that, at least. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, the reality is that that you know there are some some inflation fears right now. However, some of that is driven by commodities, and part of the issue with commodities is commodity production was definitely impacted by COVID, right? And so you have a a a a, 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 a shorter window. I mean, exactly how long I'm not sure, but you know, there's a window of time here where supply has uh, uh, I'm sorry, demand is definitely outstripped supply. Um, But that, but it doesn't mean that it's outstripped normal capacity. You follow me? So like you mentioned lumber, right? The the amount of lumber that can be uh, produced and available um, is not, uh, we're not at, we're not at the, you know normal running rate for that. You know same thing with steel. It's not at the normal running rate for that. Some of these factories have have uh, shut. You know in the case of steel, have shut down or gone to a much much uh, smaller staff in order to meet COVID uh, requirements and all that. So uh, part of this shortage is driven by the lack of production, not the lack of capacity to produce. So as we start getting past COVID and start getting back up to those uh, capabilities of producing, we should see some softening of the prices in those high commodity prices. That's my theory. Um, And I think that some of the inflation fears right now are being um, amplified. By that I think there's some some inflation fears right I, I mean you know look at you go to the grocery store you go to I mean you know prices are definitely going up um at the same time uh, there's uh you know so I think there is an inflation fear I think that inflation fear has been overly amplified by a short-term issue with commodities now I don't know if, if either one of you either the Christmas here of you have a differing opinion or want to add to that but Uh, That's kind of what I see, at least on this right now. Um, And, uh, you know, I I do think there's a a concern, but I don't think that it's uh, a crushing concern uh, with inflation at this point in time.
1: Well, well, I think think the big focus, like you look at, uh, there was also an article about the prices of chicken, right? Price of chicken at the wholesale level has doubled. And, you know, so yeah, doubled. So, you know, if you go to a couple of the restaurants, I know in my area, uh, literally they were talking about how much they used to buy, you know, this huge, it was like $64 for I don't know how many pounds of wings for the restaurant. Right. To, and uh, that was just a year ago. And now it's like one hundred and thirty for the same size bag. And and the issue is not so much that there's not enough chicken in the world. There is enough chicken. Uh, but kind of along the lines of what we just talking about, it's the production capacity. They don't they can't. You know, we're trying to ramp our supply lines back up post COVID, right? Everything shut down, and so whatever industry you pick, whether it's oil getting out to the pumps, whether it's food, all these things,
2: S- semiconductors, right? The yeah, semiconductor yeah, I mean, shortage right, going on, right?
1: Right. So we have to get. It's not that there. Now that we're you know coming back out of it, and the economy is starting to grow, and and don't get me wrong, there's plenty of unemployment. There's plenty of people without jobs. Don't worry about the headline unemployment number. There's still millions and millions of jobs missing, okay, that we need to get people back in. But they're still having issues. Like we're just talking about one of the biggest chicken producers in the country can't get enough employees in there to produce the chicken. So it's not a, oh, there's not enough chicken, there's not enough supply, and there's too much demand. It's simply that there isn't enough supply, which is kind of what Rance was talking about in general. And that's what's driving up these prices. So what that should mean is, Yes, as things start to pick back up, now the demand will increase, but also if we can get these supply chains functioning back the way they were, that may mean that there's not really as much inflation out there. The Fed is not fixed, fixated on the inflation, has not been. Uh, you know, They've said very clearly that they're going to keep rates where they are and they're not worried about a little inflation along the way uh, ever since they had to deal with COVID because they know that the real problem that's left is still the amount of people that need a job. I mean, that's yeah, really it sounds like
0: less of a fiscal monetary problem and more of a, a people capital problem. Correct.
2: Right. Well, and a and a people capital problem, partly because of the restriction of movement. Right. So, a, a, a in essence, well, will say it's self-imposed, a COVID-imposed limitation there that. We are beginning to, to get up. So we were talking about, you know, California, Texas thing. One of the things about California, I'm in Northern California and San Francisco has one of the highest vaccination rates of anywhere in the country. They are already approaching uh, herd immunity and, um, uh, you know, really starting to relax a lot of the restrictions specifically because of that, right? So it's a, 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 you know, a a situation where, um, you know, we're starting to get more back to normal here, there's pockets of the country that that that's happening. Um, You know, uh, some would argue that uh, in some places, it was happening sooner than it should based on it wasn't based on herd immunity, but you know, other factors, but uh, reality is some of that is coming back. Um, China now you talk about commodities. So there's a couple of places you got to consider here. China is one of those, right? Um, you know, we talked about uh, uh, semiconductor. China's one of those, right, for manufacturing making semiconductors. So they are on the other side of it as well, and they are getting back up to um, capacity on on some of this too. Um, but then you also have India, which is actually at the worst point of anybody that's ever, you know, so far globally as to what their numbers are. And, um, you know, and that's not improving yet. It's actually still in a, in a bad trajectory. And yet we also have a lot of dependency out of uh, that area for, for, you know, certain um, um, things as well. So, and, and by the way, more and more, Uh, semiconductor shifting there, Um, Apple manufacturing, you know, things like that shifting there out of China. Um, And uh, so, you know, so they, that's still going to be a problem for a little bit, but again, those are driving forces that are causing an artificially inflated, not artificial, a, and a, a, Uh, let's just call it COVID related inflation that will probably not be long lasting in this. Uh, We have a lot of fundamentals in our economy that are looking good. Um, And, you know, some of these issues that are going on, I think will start to, uh, to wane a little bit as, as life gets a little bit more back to normal.
0: Don't think that's why they are saying um, inflation is transitory because they feel like once people are back at work, then it just goes away.
2: Uh, at least, at least, not near as bad as it is appearing to be right at the moment, right?
0: If prices, if
2: prices come back
1: once you get people back to work, then you can then you can focus more on inflation and worry about that. But I mean, you, you just have to get people. I mean, look at the headline unemployment rate number; is only six point one percent. But remember, now they have like twenty eight different unemployment numbers, right? There's U one, U two, U three. Okay, the one that they show is just percentage of people that can't find a job that you know. Are trying what yeah. they don't show is people who gave up. Well, how many people gave up because of COVID for quite a while? You know, there's a there's a there's millions, there's still tens of millions of jobs that need to be filled. So, that part is true. Also, keep in mind that prior to COVID, uh, you know, we had imposed the prior administration had imposed tariffs, uh, especially on some certain things, a lot of things coming out from China, which was increasing prices already. Uh, before before COVID even hit, and those hadn't really gone away when you know they didn't eliminate those when COVID hit. So you've got price increases from that, you've got supply chain issues, then you got COVID, which really shut everything down, right? And now you're trying to re start it all start the engine back up effectively and you can't do it overnight and and nobody really knew when covid would end enough that we could expect you know how do we get people how do we get back to normal right and how can we you you can't project when can i start taking vacations so the airline industry isn't necessarily ready for if everybody's ready to go travel this summer you know they're not necessarily up to capacity yet so there's a lot of things that means plane tickets are going to be more expensive than ever right in the middle of this when people really need it to be Cheaper, so that's there. But that's kind of going to be a bump until we get back to normal across the board, or at least more normal, and get those supply chains open, get prices down, meet the demand, and have the demand go up while we're doing it, because more and more people are back in the workplace.
2: And you know, there's things like uh, right now, uh, came to mind as you were talking about that was uh, uh, rental cars in Florida (laughs) are like outrageously expensive. Why? Because when COVID hit, a lot of the car companies. Got rid of their fleets, right? They, they, they sold a lot of that stuff off. So they didn't have them sitting on a lot for, you know, ever without anybody renting them. And now there's not enough for the demand. So the same thing happens there, right? Uh, I, have to, I, I have to fly to LA
1: in a couple of weeks with my son and rent a car. And just looking at the rental car prices makes me sick. You're yeah. going to get a like, U-Haul instead, like right? Get, I, I, I might as well just drive. I live in Phoenix. I might as well just drive. It's a five-hour drive, but for what we're going out for, I don't really want a round trip in a day in the car, so I was going to fly, but when you look at the cost of what the tickets are, which are not usually horrible, from Phoenix to LA, and then even worse, look at that rental car pricing, and suddenly it's like, what am I doing for this 24-hour ordeal? You know, it's uh, very expensive. If you're
2: paying, like, uh, I saw some prices in Florida, like, a th- I don't know what they are in LA, but they were like a 1000 bucks a day. In a couple of cases, oh, it's for a not high end luxury, but you know, not 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 your economy car either. But uh, yeah, there's a point where you go; it's just easier to Uber it. Right, it's just cheaper to Uber the whole day, right? You know, wherever yeah. you're going, you know, just do that. There right?
0: you so- go, Chris. Phoenix to LA and Uber, right? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just maybe, how about just LAX to where I need to go in LA? Uber? That, that's what I would, yeah, yeah. yeah that's probably what I would, but it's still gonna I don't cost know, me. a stranger's car for five hours each way. I kind of, yeah, that'd no. be fun, right?
1: No, <laughs> no, I, I, uh, yeah, I have a story about that, but I'm not gonna actually, it was a, somebody, <laughs> I, I know somebody that took an Uber from here to Vegas and just at one in the morning decided they wanted to go and the Uber driver actually took them from Phoenix wow. to Vegas. <laughs> this was back when Uber was new. Anyways, <laughs> I, I think, uh, yeah, it'll be a couple hundred bucks to Uber around town, so it's obviously the cheaper option. But but right. this is just, you see all these examples in all these industries over and over again of just, we're not ramped up. It's the, it's
2: the rubber band effect, right? Get it's like, ready. oh, this contraction. Now you've got expansion of demand where uh, the, the capacity is not there yet. And that will happen, right? You know, it'll come together. And, and by the way, I just want to make one mention on tariffs because, uh, you, know, the, the, you know, agree or not agree with whatever in administrations, who's doing what, tariffs are, the, the, the ex, the, that is borne by the person buying it at the end of the day right? Now, it may reduce demand, so it might hurt the manufacturer where it's coming from. But at the end of the day, uh, it's, it's taxed on this that, you know, we're paying uh, for this. And there's a lag in some of that. And so by the time some of this was starting to really be felt, then you got COVID on top of that. You have So there is this, this issue that has come up. And then, you know, as China's starting to build back capacity, you know, there, there's a little bit of that going on. Reality is, we have a strong demand. Demand is coming back um, as COVID continues to uh, uh, to wane. Here, uh, I was just talking to a, a, a friend earlier today, and uh, about uh, he he makes he does windows for mega yachts. That's what his job. That's what his company does. They make m- windows for mega yachts. Um, and uh, uh, he was talking about like when this is done the demand, it's going to be like this, this huge demand for it, because it didn't change the, especially for the top 1%, you know, they made a lot during COVID, right? So there's more people wanting yachts, but they they can't get the workers to make them yet because where these are being made, they can't have people that close together to do what they need to do. Right. So, so he knows that the demand's going to be there and he saw commodity prices going up. So what he started doing was getting certain materials loading up on certain materials. As soon as you started going up, that he's been sitting on for months because he knows that that's going to happen, and he understands that principle of of what's going to happen between the supply and demand when the demand's going up and the supply chain hasn't filled in yet. So we have a window of this, but this is not going to be the norm. This is. I need
0: to go ahead. get some yacht window futures. There yeah, you that's go. it. What, what exchange yeah. can I get where that again, on? Where I
1: go. Uh, another, I just another great example is uh, you know obviously I, like I said I live here in Phoenix. And you may have heard, but it tends to get warm here in the summer. <laughs> um, we, we tend to hit, you know, it's a dry heat, but 110 to 120 for a little while in there. And that's, of course, when everybody's got their ACs just banging away. And of course, that's when the ACs break, because every year, you know, so many. And I, I a buddy of mine actually owns in, uh, one of the larger air conditioning companies out here. And I just saw him the other day at a restaurant. I was talking to him and they know there's going to be a shortage of air conditioners. They know it. And they went out back in November and bought a lot, like seven-figure numbers of, in terms of dollars of you know, industrial and commercial and residential air conditioning things and have them stored right now because they know that all the smaller dealers who can't afford to go out and do that aren't going to be able to get air conditioning units when they all start to do their usual break over the summer, a certain percentage of them will, right? So there's there's just there's just example after example after example of – you know, we just don't have the supply of what we need. So I think the Fed is just I think the Fed's right not to worry about raising rates right now. Uh, you know, that's not you know don't worry about inflation. The, the stock market can be a whole other conversation because a lot of these stocks look at the P.E. ratios and stuff like that, even forward P.E.s. There's no doubt they're expensive. There's a lot of money being pumped out in the economy. And at some level, some of that does end up. It doesn't all go to the people who need it and who need jobs. It does end up in the hands of people who invest and play in the markets. But. There is a there's definitely a valuation question in the market, but it's just not afraid right now because it knows the Fed's not going to raise rates. That's the difference.
0: That makes sense.
2: And, and uh, you know, let's talk about this though. We talk about that, the the landscape, what does that do for trading? What that does is, um, you know, it brings some opportunities in here. Uh, one of the things I'd be careful of, you, you've got some companies that are making money on the um, supply demand issue, right? Uh, uh, with uh, demand outstripping supply I and mean, some steel, steel stocks have definitely benefited uh, from this. So you gotta be a little careful here because as some of that starts to come back into play, that's gonna rubber band back, right? So you're gonna see some soft in some of those stocks but hey they could be a great short-term play right this isn't going to go away tomorrow um, uh, just how much that's already built in I you know some of that depends on the stock depends on the situation just watch it closely as you're doing this uh, you know long-term trade should be uh, you know weeks you know not not years right right now in this market keep a keep a tighter eye on it than normal uh, but uh, I, I think that there are some uh, some great opportunities um, you know take advantage of some of that that you uh, short supply and uh, you start to see some, some companies that are, uh, you know, benefiting from those increased prices, uh, you know, uh, take advantage of it. Just be, be quick to uh, pull the trigger to get out. If it's, if it starts to uh, also, the supply starts to level out again,
1: we're, we're going to, this'll be our first podcast with you, Chris, obviously where we didn't even pull up the platform because it wasn't necessary for what we're talking about here, but I did want to say, I, if, if I could encourage everybody who has money to invest something to do, during this time, it would be to go out and learn as much as you can about options. Because the thing is, holding stocks right now, which is what everybody does, there's going to get a danger level. Every, the higher it goes, there's going to be that point. I mean, We had the COVID crash last year, printed a bunch of money, boom, it came back. We've had the 2008, we've had these things. We're getting to those levels, obviously, and it's just a matter of when they yank the rug. But if you learn how to play options, not only can you play them both ways, but you can keep your risk very, very tight on little trades here and there and keep yourself in a lot of cash. You know, if I think Tesla is going to make the next move or whatever stock's going to make the next move, I can put on an options trade that tries to capture and makes me some money. If that move occurs without risking anywhere near what it would take to own X amount of shares of Tesla. Right? So, I mean, I really wish people would spend the time to learn as much as possible at options because it is where the big money players play, but it, there's a reason for it. It's because it's a lot more protected and it allows you a lot more flexibility. You don't have to put all your money at risk at a time. Whereas when you own a stock, and especially I, I hear about people back on margin again you know, in stocks, and so now you've got a you know, $50,000 count when you're holding $100,000 for the stocks, and that can go badly quickly if things go the other way. That doesn't happen if you
0: trade options properly. So. Mm. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, so one thing I did
2: want to just show really quick, we're talking about steel. Let me just show uh, something real quick on this that uh, uh, that that'll kind of help to draw this point. I mean, if you look okay, at this, okay. I lied.
1: I lied. We're showing the platform one time.
2: Well, we we'll are showing it one time. Just the chart. We're not going to get into all the stuff on it, right? But if you look at this, uh, you know, if we go back pre-COVID, um, and uh, you know, w- this was you know up here at fifteen, whatever back in. Well, let's say we go back twenty. Uh, this is, uh, so this is, this is COVID, right? This is when COVID hit, right? That was that, that drop from that. So, you know, you're sitting here with uh, uh, this running about, uh, you know, $9 a share on US steel, uh, you know, and today, and it, you know, look at this, so all this time, it was kind of in that area. Now you started to get to a point where demand was starting to go up. Right. like You know, the, the, this was the reality of everything was kind of contract. Right. And they still managed to hold price, uh, for the most part, uh, came down a little bit, but now you look at where it's at, at, you know, up uh, you know, sitting here at, uh, you know, 27, $28 and, um, you know but that you know that that's uh us steel and then you also here's reliance steel uh you know same thing where it's way up on this um you know it may have some upward movement if you look at that current momentum on it uh, there might be some upward movement on that but as soon as there starts to be evidence of a a balance here between um, supply demand, uh, not when it happens, evidence that we're getting there, you're going to see those things soften again. So that's, again, why one of the great things about options, and we've talked about this in several sessions about different things like, you know, uh, uh, using a protective put, so you have a floor, so you can drive it up. In the meantime, you're not going to lose more than a defined amount, or things like ratio backspreads, where if it goes up, you're making the money, if it turns on you, you got to watch for that there's a risk factor there. So don't just jump into that and make sure you know what you're doing, but you know, there's things that you can do with options. You just can't do with stock, right. And be able to take advantage of those things. So, uh, uh, definitely, you know, it's, you know, one of the things about you know, learning to trade, um, I have found that I can trade now in any market condition. There's one that's hard. The one that's hard is shifting sands. Right when it changes, like you know, driving into COVID, right? We had something going good, COVID, you know, that that can catch, right? So, but, um, but I don't care if it's stagnant, I don't care if it's bearish. Um, although I would have to say I like bullish better, you know, that's the, I think everybody feels better in that. So, bullish in that mix as well. Any of those, you can make money, um, with options where. You know, with stock, there's only one direction that you really can make money. Well, you can short stock, but there's also risk factors there that uh, right. can be pretty painful. So, uh, so you know, options do really open up uh, your options, pun intended. <laughs> well, and I,
1: I would say, I, I mean, I like short side better when, the, when things fall apart, because I'll tell you why, um, when things fall apart, they fall apart a lot faster than when they go up. And so, for example, uh, last year, when the COVID thing hit, uh, I had some very cheap... Uh, VXX calls. Uh, literally when the VXX itself, now they've, they've reverse split it and stuff recently, but I had just straight up in the money calls when it was sitting at 14, I had 12s and the VXX went as high as 80 within three weeks. So wow. I sold some along the way and didn't get the top because nobody ever does and don't really care that I didn't get the top. But I actually like that. The reason that works so well is because as the stocks fall apart, the VIX just runs right and so sometimes that's really easy to money to make as long as you're ready and you're looking for it but yeah i mean otherwise I've, everybody
2: prefers a bull market because it just seems happier yeah <laughs> right right yeah. that's it but you're right if people make more you can make money faster on a bear than you can in a bull for sure yep. uh but uh but people feel better a lot of times than a, a bull by the way you know you mentioned the vix i think that's an awesome uh thing to just take a super fast look and we'll wrap this is that that you know what's the vix the vix you know simple way to put it it's fear factor Right? It's fear factor. And uh, and if you look at where we're at right now, um, this, you know, we're at a, we're at a very, very low uh, VIX compared. I mean, if you look at, let's go back, let me pull this back a little bit so we can see when COVID hit, right? So again, this is when COVID hit. Uh, you know, uh, again, this is not a stock price, folks. This is what's the volatility of the S&P, fi- the volatility index of the S&P 500. Um, so, uh, you know, it was spiked way up here, at you know, above 80 um, at, uh, you know, at the when COVID came into play, then it kind of leveled out a little bit. But now, you know, if you look at this, it's been, you know, 20 has been kind of the low and now we're, we're sitting down here at, you know, 17, uh, you know, and you know this is an indication that there's not a lot of fear right now. uh, And maybe I even turn that to a little bit of confidence right now and where we could go. So uh, great, uh, great opportunities in the market. It's just going to be a little, a little bumpy. So, make sure you understand what you're in and use the right tools to, to do the job today.
1: And for clarification on that, the VIX, like he was showing, is an index, but the tradable version is the VXX. And there are puts right. and calls on the VXX.
0: So, that's how I did it. Yep. Cool. Well, speaking of that platform you pulled up, that's the Market Gear platform. And if you are interested in learning more about that, make sure you head to marketgearcom Chris Yule. That's C H R I S U H L. That's me. You'll get two weeks for free and fifty percent off your first month, and they'll give you a chance to uh, play around with it, like uh, we talked about in the previous episode. Maybe make a couple iron condors and maybe make a couple uh, VXX calls. Who never knows? But uh, you know, this has uh, definitely been enlightening today, guys. I I actually learned a lot. I didn't realize the uh, the people shortage was such the main driver right now, which you know kind of falls into what the Fed was saying is that they're not planning on raising rates cuz in theory they can fix this once people get back to work. So Yeah, but, but That's good to I, hear.
2: Can I kind of make what just cuz there's a real important thing about the numbers that just came out on employment. One of the things that's happening is uh there's there's actually more jobs available than there are people taking them at this moment too, right? And part of that is because uh you know I want to get into where where we think, uh, you know, minimum wage should be and all that. But what's happened is some of the jobs being offered now are same positions for less money and and people aren't biting. And, uh, you know, and now you got some states like, you know, South Carolina. uh, Actually, they were the second one to do it, uh, that they're going to uh, eliminate the. I think it was Montana was that they're going to eliminate the federal bump in unemployment um, because uh, it's hurting the workforce. Well, you know what? Unemployment's at seven and a quarter an hour equivalency. So, you know, if you're trying to hire at seven and a quarter, maybe you need to make an adjustment in what you're hiring at. Um, and, and, then look at that because, uh, you know, I, I, I do think that people ought to be able to, uh, you know, not live extravagant, but at least cover their needs on a full-time job, you know, and that's, and seven and a quarter doesn't do it and not here at least, you know, so, uh, so I think there's a little bit of, of some of that going on with employment numbers too, which is, you um, Uh, you know, which I think will play out over the next literally, uh, you know, weeks to months or so, you'll start to see some of that shift a little bit. So Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, guys, I really appreciate your time and certainly your insight. And I know the audience does as well. Uh, Make sure you head on over to marketgear.com slash Chris Yule. That's C-H-R-I-S-U-H-L. And guys, thank you so much for coming back on the the show again today. I I really love having you on and and chatting with you. Great. Thanks. No problem. Thanks. And thank you guys for tuning into today's episode. Make sure you like, subscribe, and enable notifications. That way you never miss any of the tools, tips, and tricks that we upload every single week to help you trade faster and trade smarter. And I'll see you on the next episode.